The Theonauts, episode 116. The one where we call Uncle Jesse and tell him to bring his tree. It's Advent The Theonauts Podcast. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo Ninny Muggins out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are... The, the Theo Nights! How you doing, man? Good, man. Good. It's yeah. a uh, it's a great it's joyous... It's beginning to look a lot like season. Christmas. That's right. Everywhere you go. <laughs> I showed the Charlie Brown Christmas a couple times to my <laughs> students yesterday. I love that show. The Charlie Brown Christmas? Yes. I just, I think it's so awesome that in 1966 on national televised, you know, TV, yeah. nationally televised TV, that doesn't make sense. But, you know, nationally yeah, yeah. televised, uh, Charles Schultz was able to present the the truth of, of Christmas, you know? Yeah, yeah. Jesus, like, and it, I mean, it's, that's not the, you know. It's not the norm. Yeah, mm. it's totally different. And so, uh, man, I just, I'm like, this is. This is awesome. I wish we could get back to that. Yeah. When everybody's like the spirit of Christmas, then they have no clue what they're talking about. Well, the spirit of Christmas is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that when Linus is schools Charlie Brown in it. You know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah. just amazing. So, anyways. Yeah, it's it's um it's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, everything is man, it's like uh we we've got our nativity scene underway so the way we're doing a live nativity that's right here right behind the bird's nest david's gonna be a goat with his (laughs) beard (laughs) yeah so anyway that's gonna be kind of cool we're gonna get to do the a a mannequin challenge to the nth degree right It's going to be cold, man. It's going to be cold. It's been cold the past few days. It has been cold, man. I'm dying. Uh, Just got back from one of my clients. Had a Christmas party downtown Dallas. Yeah. Went to that uh, uh, last night. Well, two nights ago. Did you have some eggnog? And uh, No, no, no. It was... But it was was good. I had some some steak, man. Steak for Mm. Christmas party? Yeah. I had a steak, too, last night. Really? So, yeah. This was really good. This is that with that tower clubs. There's no telling how much these guys pay for this stuff. So we were on the 48th floor. <laughs> we're just the a corner. Uh, the the room had a corner view. And it was all glass. Like you could see. You could just stand there and see all of downtown Dallas yeah. in 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 the evening with all the lights and. Is really cool. rubbing shoulders with the high and mighty there in Dallas. Yeah, is our own David Gaddy, the great <laughs> superstar and we, tech guy. And, and we did the whole white elephant exchange oh, yeah. type of thing. Did you get like an iPad? No, no, no. Let me show you what I got. <laughs> this is what I got. What is that? It's a pound of silly putty. You are kidding me! <laughs> an entire pound of silly. Who get who gets pounds of the silly? I, I, how do they even make that? Oh my god! Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Looks, so it looks like a gigantic tongue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah. Anyway, we had like uh, they were kind of gag gifts in a way. Newspaper, yeah. And um, 
the, so like the 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 guy who bought all the gifts got like a whole bunch of classic board games. The 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 first gift I I got was Rock'em Sock'em Robots, and I was like, yes, <laughs> I was like so thrilled. But they got stolen from me. Oh man! So then my next my next foray into the gift picking was uh, the silly putty. The putty. And of no one silliness. wanted that. I but, can't believe nobody wanted that. But I like it. It's cool. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a conversation starter. Oh, and there was like these little bitty slinkies that oh, yeah. people kept getting. There was a slinky junior, and everybody was like, this is kind of stinky. You know, all I got is this little slinky. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, we were all charged not to open the Gift. packaging oh, yeah. until all the gifts were oh. done. And so one of the guys opened his Slinky Jr., and there was a $100 bill in there with it. <laughs> so it was like everyone grappling about the Slinky score, and then he gets a $100 bill. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, I like your uh, pound of silly putty. Yeah, it's awesome. It's grotesque. It, is. it really is, but that's okay. <laughs> There's no telling what it'll look like, you know, in a year. Yeah. Whatever it's been handled and... <laughs> it's so funny. The packaging itself looks like a gigantic. I thought it was a. Uh, well, it's a, the uh, same putty. Yeah. You know, the silly putty always came in an egg. So right. this is like this big red egg. I thought it was just an egg shaped <laughs> candle or something. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> anyway. So, anyway, how have you been, man? Oh, good. School's growing great. We have a week left before Christmas break, and the kids are starting to feel it. So, And yeah. I'm starting to feel it, and I'm ready to go and enjoy some time. And, and so, everything's going pretty smoothly. Awesome. Yeah. God's good. So we ready to jump into our our topic? It would be advantageous of us. (laughs) The study is coming. The study is coming. Here it is. All right, so. It has arrived. Yeah, let's talk about this It has advented. What? What do we say about advent that hasn't already been said? Well, first off, it's. Um, something that I'm not familiar with from my youth up type of thing. Right. Well, we were talking about this before the show, and our backgrounds are definitely not liturgical, uh, you would say. Not in the traditional liturgical way. No, that's right. And so we... uh, I never even really heard this term until I was in high school, I think. Um, The whole idea of Advent. Or yeah. what Advent is. Now, we celebrated Jesus' birth with a nativity play every year. It's just one of those Catholic things. That thing? That's, yeah, it's totally Catholic. Right. No, but, you know, the more you get into this, the, the cooler it is, like, with the, the traditions and stuff, which mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into. But this whole meaning of Advent, where does it come from? What's, uh, what's it tied to? Why do we celebrate Advent every mm-hmm. year? And why is it well, a good thing to celebrate Advent? I always equated it. I mean, put it in, in the bucket with Lent. Fat Tuesday, Fat Tuesday yeah. you know, all that that type of thing. Just things that I knew that were Catholic. I didn't really have any involvement in them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And But it's been kind of the thing, I guess, in Reformed circles now, more than anything. That's kind of where I'm starting to see where really? it really popped up, you know. Well, I can see that because actually, you know, this isn't a lot like Ash Wednesday. This isn't a... Uh, purely Catholic thing. There are Protestants that practice this stuff. Um, Protestant churches, in fact. Like, well, now, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, but but even the higher church, Protestant churches, like the Lutherans. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, Presbyterians. 
Um, they practice Advent, and they've been practicing Advent all along. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't get rid of all of those uh, liturgies like we did. Uh, you know, right, us Baptists right. or us Church of Christians or whatever. Yeah. Um, we didn't. You know, we don't practice. We we haven't practiced those. And now, like from a traditional standpoint. from a traditional standpoint, but now I'm starting to see that even in our church in the past three years, we have an Advent wreath. Mm-hmm. And we light it every Sunday. Really? Mm-hmm. But that's the extent of it. There's no readings or anything else. Oh, okay. So you know, there's no, uh, there's no explanation. There's just a wreath up there with some candles. <laughs> well, it's time. Yeah. Let's go light the other candle. Let's do this thing. We don't know why. Well, and I that was something that I I shared with you before. For me, I I totally understand why we rebelled against a lot of the liturgy stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it makes sense. But part of me wants that so badly. Well, and I think here's here's part of the separation for me. It's like when I originally looked at it, um, and you know maybe I have to rely on our Catholic listeners to help us out in in the understanding of it. But um, from an outside, from a Protestant looking in, when I saw Lent and Advent and all these things, I always thought the perception was these are things we've got to do because they're part of our liturgy, right? right. These are, th- and it's a to do list or a checklist, right? And so it, it and it it tied in to me from a Protestant standpoint view, no different than confession or uh, atonements, uh, indulgences. I mean, it was all like part and parcel with things that you've got to do in order to be right with God, mm-hmm. especially whenever you look at things like Lent, because it was, oh, let's have this huge day of celebration, <laughs> Fat Tuesday, right. before Ash Wednesday, so that you can get all your partying out for the next month and a half or whatever it is yeah. that you do Lent. And so it was almost like... Um, it was something you had to do, so that was the loophole. Like Fat sure. Tuesday's the loophole for what Lent is actually supposed sure. to be about. And so I kind of looked at it as, these are things we don't have to do. Right. Right? Instead of looking at it like, is there is there value yeah. in giving something up, leading up to a time to celebrate Jesus' resurrection? Or in this term of Advent, is there value in setting aside time every day to do this devotion that leads up to yeah. a celebration of Jesus' coming. Right. Well, and I, and I think that um, I think I think that that's part of the problem with something that is so ancient, mm-hmm. like like Advent, for example. When you pass it on, it becomes a checklist, and it becomes something that that's almost there's a disconnect there, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you've lost that tradition, or you you put aside that tradition for thousands of years and then you come back to it and you're like, Oh, there is some, there can be some spiritual nourishment. Like, uh, and even just the words, Protestants have big problems with some of these words. Yeah. Latin words are going to throw us. Right. Well, let me just give you one catechism. Mm -hmm. Whenever I say catechism, it puts a bad taste in most people's mouths. Right. Catechism, but all catechism is, is question and answering. It's a teaching method, mm-hmm. right? So whenever I'm using catechisms on my kids, I'm teaching them godly principles. Who is God? God is the Father and Creator of all things. 
Uh, God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These are catechisms, so you're teaching question and answer things. And I think that there's nothing wrong at all with doing that with our kids. In fact, I think it's advantageous for them. <laughs> There's that word again. I think, uh, I think it's healthy uh, if it's done in the right context, understanding that this isn't a to-do list. Right. This is more, is this something that will be beneficial for me in my spiritual walk with Right. God? It's different whenever you look at it like, this is part of my religion and I have to do it in order to be in good with God. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, I think as we look at the Advent today, like from a Protestant standpoint, we're definitely not looking at it as that. Like, it's not, or even, hey, we're honoring the Catholic Church or any or anything like that as much as it is looking at... The, okay, let's start with the with the lingo, the right. words, like Advent. Yeah. And people will go, you won't find the word Advent in the Bible at all. <laughs> well, you do. Yeah, that's right. In the yeah. Latin Vulgate, because uh-huh. this is where this comes from. Adventus. Adventus, it simply means arrival right. or coming. coming. Mm-hmm. So every time you see the coming of the Son of Man or coming of... That's the word mm-hmm. that is being used. And it's actually used uh, not talking about... Advent in the Bible is being used not as much talking about the coming, the first coming, which is his birth. Right. It's a lot more talking about his second coming. Uh, parousia in the... Is it the Greek? Yeah. Yeah, the parousia, right? So mm-hmm. this is... Actually, Advent is tied to the second coming of Christ as, it is, as much as it is yeah. to his birth. And because, like you said, more times than not, that term Advent is being used in the Bible referring to the second coming. Right. So how in the world did we get the, the Advent, which is referring usually in the Bible to second coming, how did it become a Christmas tradition or a, a Christmas holiday? And that's, I guess, what we're examining here today. Well, you know, in the past we have talked about the origin of Christmas itself. Right. And um, and so I'll, let's let's do a quick um, recap of some of, of some of that, because I think that's going to tie into it, because there is all kinds of different circles in the Christian world concerning Christmas holidays or even Easter holidays. Yeah. And uh, there is this very liturgical view of Christmas, which is you know, the Catholics and, and all that. But then you've also got um, these these groups of Protestants that are actually completely opposed to it. Like right. it is because it has, quote-unquote, pagan origins or it has uh, Catholic origins or whatever, and there is some historical. I mean, that's not a new thing. I mean, that goes all the way back to the Puritans, right? When the Puritans yeah. came over, they rejected all of that. And uh, but you know, we can't just say, well, because the Puritans did it, it's right. The Puritans did a lot of things we don't agree with. We're not burning witches anymore, or <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, but but so there's all kinds of different things about the Christmas holidays, and and there's a lot of misconceptions about it that go all the way back to uh, the writings of, of Alexander Hislop in the, the turn of, the, uh, of the, 19, the 20th century, who wrote about how the evils of Catholicism were uh, tied to all of this revelation of Christ and, and how Rome is Babylon and how the Pope is the... the horror of Babylon. Or the... The, the beast. Antichrist or yeah. whatever. I mean, there's all this. And so Two Babylons was this huge book right. that that influenced a lot of people. And the funny thing is it was never documented as to his sources. 
Okay, like he would declare, this has Babylonian roots. This is Babylonian. This is, and it's like, okay, where's Where? your resource? Exactly. Because even uh, scholars afterward have tried to research this man's logic and can't find where he's coming from. And the, basically the consensus is things like the Christmas tree. We can't nail down a place where this was like a, a the, the common thing is that it was a, um, that it was a, 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 a Germanic uh, pagan, pagan ritual practice yeah. that got converted. Well, for the winter solstice. And there may be some truth in that, but no one can, there's no historical data to nail it down. Right. Right. So there's not like one place where we can go, oh, this began at this point. And at that point, it was this like Saturnalia. Like this was Saturnalia, was, Christmas was Saturnalia. That's when you hear someone say that, that's a broad statement. That's not historically completely accurate. There are some similarities between the historical uh, practices of one and the other. Right. But it's like being able to say, oh, it pre existed, uh, you know, one practice pre existed the other. And it's directly, this is what it is. Yeah. There's no real right. uh, uh, hard evidence right. for it. So the bottom line is all this stuff from a lot of these practices do have pagan roots. We can probably guess that, but they have been changed into something else to mean something else. Yeah. So Saturn's not worshipped anymore. Right. And by doing Christmas, you're not worshipping Saturn because most people don't even know what you're talking about. Exactly. And and that's the that's the thing. Um, we we've got to be careful of. <laughs> I'm not judging these quote unquote ancient traditions based off of that. And actually, we can look at it and we can see some good, wholesome mm-hmm. truth and correlation uh, in it. So, Advent itself, um, we have no clue where it was first no. really celebrated. We do know that around 480, uh, between 480 and 560 is what I'm reading. I don't know what you Yeah, know. I've got four century. But, yeah. you know, but before we get there. Okay. Along the lines I was just saying, there are people who will claim Advent began with Ju- with Augustus Caesar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right? right. There's this whole Advent of Caesar. Yes, and and so Advent. You know, Caesar did claim twelve days of Advent, celebrating his birth as the Son of God. Right. Um. And so you you have that, and that that's speculation. Also, that's not a hundred percent nailed down because I'm I'm looking through some. Yeah, of this yeah. Stuff. There's you'll find a, a handful of of references. Rob Bell's one of them. Yeah. That come out and say, this happened, and this happened, and this is what Augustus Caesar was doing, and I read a whole article about it. Not once in that article I read did the guy give any citations for where he got his information. Right. Uh, So so a lot of it's speculative. The the only citation I've found is Roman coins, which we can can get a lot from Roman coins, and one of them, Caesar's Lord, is the Mm -hmm. inscription on, you know, some of these coins, and that's how they would get out their their messages in the day. Well, and how far are you going to take this? Exactly. Because if Augustus Caesar predated Jesus, and he was claiming this Advent thing, he also claimed uh, other things, like you can read in these same articles, talking about how... He promoted his coming was the star that shot across the sky when Julius Caesar died right. and all of this sort of thing. And the it's comet. like, oh, his coming was foretold by a star. I guess the Bible stole that. Right. They you stole see? It, all this stuff. And, you <laughs> so know. you can take it to any crazy 
uh, level you want to. Yeah. And so we're just going to kind of forego. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the the advent of Caesar it's not argument. And, and one more thing, the word advent, just because they say the advent of Caesar, it was a Latin term meaning coming. Yeah, arrival. So yeah. arrival. So the arrival of Caesar is... An arrival of Caesar. Okay, fine. That doesn't mean it's celebrated today. We celebrate the advent or arrival of Jesus. <laughs> and that's what that's what the word means. So advent. going back to 480, what, right. what do you got there? So what's interesting is um, from my research, from where I'm getting it, the 4th, 5th centuries, about 480, uh, it was really practiced around Spain and Gaul. Advent was a season of preparation for the baptism of new Christians. And I'm getting this uh, from a really good article called What is Advent? Um, Baptism of New Christians at the January Fest of Epiphany, which you remember the 12 days of Christmas ending in the Epiphany, which is uh, the celebration in January of Jesus' birth. Basically, it's the wise Yeah, January 6th, I think, is the 12th day of Christmas. Right. So around this time was the Advent, and the celebration of God's incarnation represented by the visit of the Magi to the baby Jesus. That's what Epiphany was, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's also the celebration... Epiphany, Epiphany. (laughs) Great, okay. It's also the celebration of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River and his first miracle at Cana. So basically, Jesus' origin story is that celebration, the Epiphany, right? Yeah. And Advent was actually a time for that, but it was not originally... milks? No, maids of milking? Seven maids of love. Lords a leaping. Five, I don't know. Five golden rings somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Okay. Sorry, uh, I'm just trying to distract you. But by the sixth century, Roman uh, Catholicism had changed it into uh, the coming of Christ, which was Christmas. Okay. So what had happened is they had, they had the date set right around the sixth century. Um, but again, a lot of people miss this. Advent wasn't originally fully about Christmas. It was about the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. The Perusia. The Perusia. So what they would do is they would devote the first two weeks based on the first coming of Jesus mm-hmm. and the second two weeks. No, I'm, I got that backwards. They'd base this, the first two weeks on the second coming of Jesus and then the uh, the second two weeks on the second coming of Jesus. I thought you said it was the other way around. I thought... <laughs> that was like okay, let's do a reflection now, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like so hold on. Okay, you start with the with the second coming. Let me just read this so so it'll be okay. And again, this is not from me. This is what is Advent. Uh, it was a really good article um, <clears throat> written uh, by Justin Hilcom, who is an Episcopal priest, um, teaching theology at Reformed uh, at a Reformed school. Anyways, he. Um, says this, basically. Hold on, let me find it again. Advent symbolizes the present situation of the church in the last days. Um, as God's people wait for the return of Christ in glory to consummate his eternal kingdom. The church is in a similar situation to Israel at the end of the Old Testament, in exile, waiting and hoping in prayerful expectation for the coming of the Messiah. So that's what the Advent is all about, is, mm-hmm. is this idea of Jesus coming again. Israel looked back to God's past gracious actions on their behalf in leading them out of Egypt in the Exodus 
And on this basis, they called for God once again to act for them in the same way the church during Advent looks back upon Christ's coming in celebration while at the, la- at the same time looking forward in eager anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns to his people. So okay. that's basically the point. Um, the, the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, yeah. is the Advent hymn. This is So and, and if you look at the lyrics, it's really good. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel should come to thee, O Israel. And that was, so that's the picture of Advent. Jesus, basically they look back at Jesus' first coming when he came and he ransomed us with the blood, and we look forward to his second coming. So the first two Sundays um, through December 16th, look forward to Christ's second coming. And the last two Sundays, December 17th through 24th, go back to look back and remember yeah. Christ's first coming. And it ends, culminates with Christmas. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's the, that's the origin basically of Advent. Now th- we've celebrated this in many, many different a- uh, ways throughout the decades. There have been old uh, traditions, new traditions, uh, and and uh, so let's pull out a couple of those old traditions. I know you have one that's pretty interesting there. Well, the first one I'd, I'd like to mention is is how it was referred to as a time of penance uh, that led up to this. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, the Council of Tours, that was 563 A.D., and the Council of Macon in 581 A.D. Uh, tell of concrete guidelines that were to be given in the observance of Advent. Okay. Before Christmas. Concrete guidelines. Yes. I know you love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, St. Gregory of Tours, 490 AD, offers us a testimony of a certain sense of preparation for Christmas among the monks. Yes. They should observe fasting every day during the month of December up to the Christmas day. Right. So that was canon number 17 of the Council of Tours. So the monks had to fast every day. and So Christmas was not a fun time for them. Right. <laughs> yeah, we normally think... We're doing not the opposite. Yeah, we normally oh, think yeah. of Christmas time as a time mm. of stuffing our gills. From Thanksgiving on, it is free range, man. It's fat December. <laughs> it's fat December for us, right? <laughs> It's just one big celebration, but those poor monks, and it's freezing cold out there in December. I mean, if anything, you want to put on a couple extra pounds <laughs> and warm up a bit, but these guys had to fast all the way through December 25th. Now, I don't know about you, but that's some dedication to the celebration of Christmas right there, my friend. <laughs> right. So, and of course, this is what, this is the type of thing that I always thought of in terms of Advent, right? right this yeah. is what I thought of. This sure. was, this is a concrete dictate from St. Gregory or whatever that, that, uh, Pope Gregory, whatever his name right. is, that, that, get, that, that uh, said this had to be adhered in this way. Uh, but I think the thing that you were, you were thinking I was going to mention was the Jesse tree. Yes. Okay. So um, the Jesse tree is one of the ways that uh, it's a tradition that is celebrated. Uh, The Jesse tree comes from uh, Isaiah, the 11th chapter, uh, the first four verses there. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, 
but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. Mm. It's kind of cool that in a very, very wordy way it's saying this is gonna, he's going to bring a gospel of grace. Yes. Um, but the, there's this whole, th- this, this whole idea that the, the shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. And I find it funny that, you know, one of the images that you found was like this sleeping Jesse laying on his side with this tree growing out of his side. Right? Yes. <laughs> Branching. So they would carve this image, right? <laughs> Branching and one would branch. Yeah, I know it's grotesque, kids, but this is what we're going to do uh, for Advent. But not only that, (laughs) but it would uh, it would show a picture basically of what is the prophets reaching from Old Testament, to Mary and Joseph. Right. Okay. So that's that was the branches. Yeah, that's kind of what the the whole tree of Jesse thing is. The, The tradition is it's a tree, and you decorate it. Uh, each uh, day you add a, an ornament to the tree. Now, this is different than a Christmas tree. Right. This is like uh, like the one picture I'm looking at here is just a scraggly-looking branch in a pot. But anyway, you put these, uh, these ornaments, and usually by tradition these ornaments are pictures of Old Testament, um, you know, artwork of Old Testament right. uh, guys like Noah and Abraham and etc. And what you do is you put a picture for each one leading up to every day until you get to the last one, which is Jesus. Jesus, yes. And so um, the, I'm looking at one uh, site here with suggestions of uh, symbols and scriptures and all this that you can do. Uh, there's also devotions that can go with it. So every day you hang a um, you, you hang a, a picture on the tree and you do a devotion with your kids. So this is where, to me, the the value yeah. of of things like this practice in things like this are add value to our Christian walk because oh, sure. what you can do it, it centers our mind. Okay, you think about it. Like we said, we're in fat fat December, right? Right. So what's on our minds? Toys, gifts, oh, blah, yeah. blah blah blah. All the commercial side, right. of Christmas, and everyone is like focused on those things. This is what I want. And back in the day, we would like get the Sears. Toy catalog and sure. these circling pictures and right. mom and dad, it's an ear dog ear the the pages of the book so that they know which what, what we want. <laughs> this is what I want, and so this that that have. was our advent whenever right. I was a kid, right? Right. I mean, really, that's that was that was our advent. Yeah. Well, what's more healthy? <laughs> that or or this? Where, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Where you are taking a say a, a a picture that represents something, you're putting it on this tree and saying, okay, let's talk about what this means. And uh, this one specific uh, uh, thing that I'm looking at is suggesting you start with creation and you put a picture of the earth on the tree first. Right. And you say, this is Genesis one, and talk about the creation of the earth. And then the next day, you put a picture of maybe a, a, a tree with a fruit on it, and you talk about Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, or Noah and the flood. You put a rainbow on the tree, and you talk about Noah and the flood, and you just move through the history of the Bible. Uh, now, that's not ultimately traditionally. C- traditional, you'd want to start with Jesse right, and move through the generations of Jesse up to Jesus. to Jesus. But this is another way of doing the same thing that leads you to Jesus. Right. It's a systematic devotion that leads you to Jesus. Right. And it's like, talk about bringing the season back to focus sure. on who we're supposed to be celebrating in it. 
and celebrating Jesus in it instead of all these commercialism. Right. And so I think that this is a cool tradition. Um, one that, I mean, there's, there's other traditions that people do for Advent, but this is one of them that, that I thought was really cool. I also think it's cool that it's called the Jesse tree and my grandson's name is Jesse. Jesse, sure. hundred so. <laughs> percent. Yeah, I get that. Okay. So I have a tradition that really doesn't even link with Advent, but it's a tradition that I just pulled out and found. Have you ever heard of St. Lucy's day? It's December 13th in right in the heart of Advent. And they celebrated this. The Catholic Church, I guess they still do. But you know those pictures, I always wondered, those pictures of a little girl with blonde, usually blonde hair. I always see blonde Blonde hair, hair, blue eyes. Blue eyes, yeah. Just like Jesus. Exactly. But she has a wreath on her head, and it has candles on it. You know that picture, that that image? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's it's kind of a famous old traditional classical Christmas image. Well, that's St. Lucy. Um, And I guess during the uh, Diocletian... uh, uh, reign of of terror, <laughs> the Roman emperor Diocletian. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he killed uh, Lucy, who's a third century martyr. Um, but basically, she would go during give aid uh, to Christians who were hiding in the catacombs at this time, and uh, it, you know, so it'd be super dark. But she would need her hands free to carry food and and supplies to these Christians, so she would you know, uh, put, uh, candles on a wreath on her head mm. and she would, she would walk and be light, you know, gotcha. Okay. Light. And so, uh, it's, it's, uh, celebrate on the 13th of December because it's typically the darkest night and the longest night of, of the winter. Yeah. Right. 13th. It's of, like the winter solstice. Or it's winter solstice. So they would celebrate her, you know, her, uh, Charity during this time and, and harken it back to Christ. So I think that's a really cool, interesting little tidbit. Has nothing to do with really with Advent, but I found that while I was pulling up Advent practices and Advent celebrations. Yeah. Um, but you know the, the the most famous one that we all uh, usually typically associate with Advent is the lighting of the candles on the wreath uh, in our church services every Sunday, um, and it's usually and see I've never even known about that. Really? Yeah, it's like I've in our tradition we never did that. So I I never. I was actually really surprised when you said that the Baptists do that. I, I yeah. didn't know that they did. Well, basically, you bust out this wreath the uh, fourth Sunday before Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's three, either purple or blue, depending on the color. But it's royalty. It's what it is. Yeah. Right. Three purple or blue, and then one white candle, and it's the last candle, it's the Jesus candle. So starting four Sundays before, every Sunday, they would come down and they would light the candle. And then if you were liturgical, you would read uh, some scripture that went along with that lighting of the candle. And this mm-hmm. is why I say I really never understood that because we just did it in the first, you know, at it the wasn't really of the discussed. I'm like, oh, it's about Christmas. But that was pretty much it. There was no discussion. But these liturgies, the ancient ones would, of course, it would be two uh, writings about the second coming of Jesus, mm-hmm. and then two writings about his birth, right, right from Scripture, and so you would read those every Sunday and uh, leading up to Jesus' birth, mm-hmm. and then you could also do that at home, and they have Bible studies. You can actually you can go out and get an Advent wreath, wreath. Uh, and do this with your child. It's a great way to celebrate again, just like you were talking about with the yeah. Jesse tree to celebrate Christ's birth. Uh, you know, and every you know night you have a different small reading, and then. 
the famous one, the Advent calendar. Yeah, and see, that's the one I was thinking of as far as the most... To me, that's the most popular yeah. one over... I mean, it's this one thing I'm looking at here says the Advent wreath is likely the most popular tradition, but I had never really heard of it. Wow. But I had heard of Advent calendars. I mean, you can buy them at every bookstore in the world, right? <laughs> you know, uh, this time of year. And the funny thing is, is I don't think Advent calendars, They, I don't think they really... Basically, the coming of Christmas means Advent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mostly, you know, non-Christians have Advent calendars hanging up in their... their well, uh, I know, for example, Mandy and Stephen uh-huh. have been doing uh, an Advent calendar sure. with Jesse and, and Shepard. And so, but they've been doing the same thing we were talking about with the Jesse tree. Right. They've been doing like little devotionals when they open up the the windows or the doors or whatever it is that's right. on the... On the calendar, and I guess traditionally there's chocolates or whatever. There's some kind of candy usually. Yeah, for the fun, you know, the kids just get really excited going up. And whenever I was a kid, no, I mean, is Elf in the Shelf an Advent thing? <laughs> I really hope not. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's a, that's a yeah. Elf in the Shelf. <laughs> this elf is this, that this was another inanimate thing. object that I'm going to move every night to make sure that you you stay nice and not naughty. That was one Christmas. of the things that that wasn't a thing when I was a kid. I no, guess me I neither. Not, I never heard of that until like recently. It's like elf. I see all these these pictures on Facebook. Oh, it's like, like a ten year old. Here's our elf on the shelf in the shelf, and I've seen some really creative ones. It's kind of funny. It's by it's. It's invented by millennials to try to keep their kids to behave. <laughs> Here we go. Because they can't handle disciplining their children correctly. <laughs> my, You know what my elf on a shelf was? A belt. My elf on a shelf was a belt. That's what my elf on a shelf You are a millennial. <laughs> no, I am not. I'm 82. Not a millennial. 82? I'm Generation oh, X. Oh, you're born in I'm 80. the last year of Generation X. You're not Generation X. X. I'm, I'm Generation X. I'm the last year of Generation X. Because there was supposedly a Generation Y after yeah. Generation X. No, I'm the last year of Generation X. Okay, whatever. And then the millennials, I mean, I was born in 82. I didn't even graduate high school until the millennium. Well, the last the last um, millennial time frame I heard was born in 1980 or after. Bunk. <laughs> Total bunk. Okay. So... <laughs> So anyway, um, oh, I was going to tell what you what were we saying my, before I brought up the elf in the show. No, man, it's <laughs> so, <laughs> no. Uh, my uh, my advent calendar was this picture of Santa Claus. Actually, yeah, right, yeah. It had nothing to do with Jesus, but it counted down the days. And what right. it had was a picture of Santa Claus, and then underneath it had a little mouse, and you move the mouse from day to day, okay, to the twenty fifth, and that's what it was. Um, Back in my day, we just had popcorn on a string, and that's all. <laughs> and we loved it. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Okay, focus. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it'd be a good thing to get an advent calendar. And again, you can go to any Christian bookstore, and you can buy these things. I worked at a Christian bookstore, so I know this. Yeah. Uh, but we would sell a ton of advent stuff around that time, and it's a great time to go and but do you a also sold with your kids. these little statues of saints that you could bury in your yard. We're not going there, David. Okay. <laughs> to help you magically sell your house somehow. Biodegradable saint. Is that not insane? And that's a thing. That really is a yeah, thing. Yeah, Google cool. it. It's a you want to you want to sell your house, <laughs> bury this Saint Christopher or whatever in your front yard, and 
pray a prayer. Or St. Augustine. Yeah. That's what we said. <laughs> and people wonder St. Augustine like, grass. See, that's how you get it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, magic. It, you practice magic. Okay. So anyways, I don't know. That's pretty much all I have for the uh, advent stuff. Uh, I I, I, t- I totally derailed whatever you were talking about. I don't remember what you were talking about. I don't about. either. Uh, tell me tell me something else. Well, it was, Where are we at? What are we doing? <laughs> well, we were talking about advent traditions. Yes. Uh the calendar's the last one that I had. Well, my computer on my list. died. So, oh, so all your I had like three others. <laughs> But they're gone now. Gone. Sad day. Anyways. But, you know, the whole point, I guess, if we could nail down a point of this is, uh, Advent is a, it's not some ancient tradition thing. You know, it's not, it's not pagan. Right. It's not pagan. You can, you can practice Advent with your family and you can teach them about the coming of Jesus. And it simply is a time of celebration. First coming, second coming, whatever. That's right. Of, of Jesus, so that's all I got. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's that's good. I think that um, anytime that we can lead people to devotions, you know, put don't put the label. If you don't like the Advent label, don't put the Advent label on it. Right. You know, but you know, be in devotion, be in study, and make it about Jesus. That's the point. That's what we can we can do. Amen. To so that. even though your computer crashed, do you have news for us? Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna try this. Okay. And now the news. <clears throat> You know, I do have a plug. You can plug the computer in. Not my computer. It doesn't have a plug? Oh, well, yeah, but I don't have the plug with me. It's at the house. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm so... <laughs> I, yeah, it was sitting at my kitchen table, and I thought, it's full because it's plugged in, but somebody had unplugged it from the wall. Anyways, going back to this. All right, Wesley Snipes is writing a novel about spiritual warfare. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? That's a headline. Wesley Snipes, you know the actor <laughs> yeah, yeah, from yeah, uh, yeah. what's that movie? My favorite movie, Demolition Man. Yeah, is the Demolition one that Man. With, with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yes, the actor from Sylvester. Yeah, from De- Demolition Blade. Man. Blade's Blade. Blade. There you go. Movie. He's writing a novel about spiritual warfare. So he's killed all the vampires, and so now he wants to go for the <laughs> demons. Anyways, Wesley Snipes is making headlines again. The actor has been laying low since being released from prison three years ago for tax fraud. I didn't even know he was in prison. I didn't but, uh, but recently emerged to talk about the new book he's been working on titled Talon of God. The story, if you could gather from the title, will pretty heavily deal with themes of spiritual warfare. Snipes explains, There are spiritual warriors that inhabit this planet who are here to help balance out the evil forces, and they are always looking for the next uh, apprentice. And when they find the next apprentice to train, the next heir apparent, then they can move on to higher realms. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder... um, what in the world? It's I like, mean, wh- what's his source? Where's he? Right. Where's he coming from? Is that, that sounds kind of Mormon. Do you think? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's, <not laughs> it's just so weird. I mean, okay, so they, you know, part of that, I'm like, yeah, there are spiritual warriors. It's oh, they're looking for an apprentice so they can move on to higher realms. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Somebody watch Star Wars. Yeah, like I'll deal with that whenever. I when I own my own planet. Yes. Okay, anyways. <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard, some Scientology might be going on in It there. might be. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. So, he is from Hollywood. Look for so. that book from Wesley Snipes about spiritual warfare. <laughs> okay. John Glenn has passed away. Oh, yes. Um, which is a sad, sad thing. First American to orbit the Earth. That's right. And a great Christian man. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite statements he says is, I don't know how anybody can not look out at what I see and not believe in God. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So good. Um, so, first American astronaut to orbit Earth, former senator, died at 95. He was one of seven astronauts to travel into space in 1962 on Project Mercury. Mm-hmm. Do you have that one up on the wall? No, yeah. all this is Apollo. Oh, that's right. Glenn was but Mercury was the precursor. That's right. Um, being Mercury a, and Gemini. Sorry, he was, he was a decorated <laughs> war v- veteran. He served in World War II and the Korean War, and flew 149 combat missions, according to USA Today. Glenn was not just an astronaut; he was an astronaut on the mission that even up the space race with Russia in the early 60s. So. Uh, anyways, uh, rest in peace, John Glenn, and can't wait to see you in heaven and talk about what you saw in heaven. <laughs> get that? Did you yeah, get it? yeah, I got it. That was pretty good. Huh? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Whatever. Oh, this one's great. Uh, Tim Tebow told an incredible story about a crazy quote unquote coincidence involving John 316. Okay. Um, all right, so he was a guest on Harry Connick Jr.'s talk show this week, and he was talking about how he wears John 316 on his eye yes, back yeah, in the yeah. day. Whenever, okay, so back when he was playing for the Denver Broncos in three years, um, no, it wasn't three years ago, it was a little bit longer than that. He was playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos, and he had that amazing like pull-off lucky win. Do you remember that in the playoff games? I don't know if you remember that or not. Everybody was talking about it, how he was going to be awesome, and then he jumped. Yeah, and then he just kind of... That's right. Well, uh, during that game, after the game, which they won miraculous and last-second fashion, this is I'm reading this from the article, he was informed that he had thrown for exactly 316 yards. His yards per rush were 3.16. His yards per completion were 31.6. Oh, wow. The TV ratings for the game were 31.6, and the Broncos' time of possession was 31.6. That's weird, dude. Yeah. (laughs) After the game, John 316 became Twitter's number one trending trending topic. (laughs) So Tebow says that this is God using this, you know, and I I totally would agree with him that God used this to get get his message out. That's just miraculous. I mean, how amazing is that? But anyways, I had one more. Okay. There's a board game that's causing a great stir. It's uh it was crowdfunded and now it's Cards Against Humanity. No. Okay. Santa versus Jesus. Board game is causing a <laughs> New Christmas board game has come out of London and it's causing some controversy. Santa versus G- Jesus pits two teams against each other in the quest to gain more believers. Okay. Here's the deal Jesus' picture on the cover with nails in his hands, flinging fish and bread, while Santa is smoking and generally looking unfriendly. The game came out of Kickstarter campaign that billed the game as one of the most complained about games in history. It reached its goal more than $5,000 in just two <coughs> days, finishing the campaign with $2,500 uh, more than they needed. Julian Miller, one of the game's creators, said the idea came a few years ago. The enthusiasm of our family and friends and the rise of popularity of games such as Cards Against Humanity and Exploding Kittens had uh, made us realize that there was a gap in the market for a funny tongue-in-cheap game pinning Santa um, 
against Jesus. The most blasphemous aspect may be that Jesus and Santa are both equally rated in strength, endurance, and intelligence. Wow. How messed up is that? That is ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. So, anyways, I mean, it's just a sign of the times, I think. But Well, yeah, I mean, it's... You know, these... I know there's there's this big like comedic thing with Santa and Jesus. I mean, I get where it's right coming from. Um, but man, that's just taking a little far, I think. I I think <laughs> but, so too. And I think it's, it is blasphemous, mm-hmm. honestly. Well, so. you know, like we were at, I told you we were at that Christmas party. Um, <laughs> one of the guys there, okay. Has been wanting this sweater, this ugly Christmas sweater. And his wife would not get it for her. For him, like he, she was like, "That's the ugliest thing in the world. I'm not buying it." And he just wanted it like so badly right. that people in the office uh, pulled their money together and bought this thing, and they pulled it out and gave it to him at the Christmas party. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's this big, big red sweater, and on the front of it, in knitted in the front of it, is a picture of Jesus with his arm around Santa. And <laughs> Jesus is holding a peace sign, and Santa is like holding a, a mug that says eggnog on it. <laughs> and it was the ugliest, wackiest. Oh my goodness! Good <laughs> thing ever. Wow. But yeah, so it just kind of points to the same. I mean, my my only problem with that is, well, I have a lot of problems with that. But my <laughs> biggest problem with that is the fact that it it almost makes Jesus mythological right like right. santa claus mm-hmm. and jesus is not myth- mythological i believe right in jesus yes. i don't believe in santa claus yeah. it's very different and so i don't, I don't know well, and it's, it's, well i think it's kind of a trend that has been moving like in that direction like forever i mean look, just think about you know the um the the jesus action figures jesus bobbleheads oh, jesus yeah. i mean it's just like this is has been kind of moving in that whole, yeah, you know, direction. So I think that there is, um, I don't know, something going on when he comes back. <laughs> wow. So, uh, is that the last one you got? Oh, man, that's everything. All right, you want to do some trivia then? Bring it on. Theo Trivia. Welcome, welcome, welcome. One and all. One and all. I don't have any cards. You got the cards? Oh, I do have some cards here. Give me a card. Okay. I have got my random number generator going here. It threw up a one, it looks like. Yep, it did. All right. So that's me. What is that? Uh, Old Old Testament. Testament. All right. What did Moses make the sons of Israel do with the golden calf that Aaron had made? I love this story. He made them eat it. That's right. After grinding it up, he made them drink, drink it, in, it. Their, yeah. in their water. <laughs> Ingest it. I think, which is the ultimate slam against the golden calf. I'm going to turn you into poo. <laughs> Anyways. Golden poo. Golden poo. Wow. <laughs> it's pooping gold. Okay, it looks like the random number generator decided you're doing... Letters, numbers, and sequences. In. Uh, no, that's uh, in. What is oh, it? wait, 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 names. Yes. 
What matriarch had a nurse named Deborah? Any idea? Yeah, give me a second. Matriarch. Genesis 35, chapter 8. Yeah, okay, hold on. Was it, it wasn't Ray, it was a Rachel, it was Rachel? Close. Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca. Yeah. Dang it. Okay. Looks like I got number two. History and geography. All right. Who led the rebellion against Abimelech? This one's tough. Oh, it seems like we've had this one before. The Rebellion Against Abimelech. Um, I'm going to say... Pharaoh. No. Gaal. 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 It wasn't Gaal. It was Gaal. How do you spare that? G-A-A-L. Gaal. Exactly. The goat. What scripture is that in? Judges. Hold on. Judges 9. That Abimelech. You know, there's multiple Abimelech. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the Abraham. I should have told you which one. Time frame. Sorry, my bad. It, I would not have gotten that. So <laughs> it doesn't much matter. <laughs> okay, you got seven. Wait, is there seven? Yep, words. <laughs> so it's basically, how well have you memorized your oh, King James? Right. <laughs> not well, it would seem. What does Proverbs twenty-five and eleven compare to apples of gold? Wisdom. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I'll let the song finish playing. Okay. Play. Okay, what do you want now? Wisdom. I had a 50-50 chance there. <laughs> it's actually words. Word? Okay, words. 50 aptly spoken words. Are like apples in, of gold. Like apples of gold. Aptly spoken words. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So ready? I haven't memorized my proverbs very well. At least... Not in the King James? Not in the King James. Okay, so are we ready to get out here? Yeah, let's do it. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to advent into all the world and (laughs) 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 to proclaim the good news to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and stay up to date with all our shows like Finding Christ in Cinema. Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. We need a larger audience. We do. Bring it on. Yeah. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. We're always listening and we're always willing to answer your questions and, and whatever. 
That's right. And call, oh, call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. That's right. Operators tweet, are standing by. Tweet to us on Twitter to take your money. <laughs> at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. If you like us and if you want more Theonauts, drop us you a buck or two. You, you know, know you, you can do that. A, right. a $2. Come on. I, I need... Patreon.com slash Theonauts. The grandkids need a new pair of shoes. That's right. (laughs) Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's Word. All right. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. Thank you, David. God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. All under an hour. Really? Don't get used to it.